ladies and gentlemen, it is Thursday night in Colorado. Welcome to the second episode of the Potter Girls Podcast. Without further ado, Christy and Bobby Potter. Ladies, take it away. Well, hello. Good evening. Um, so I am in charge of the explicit warning because I am the biggest um, uh, user of the swear words. So if you have people with sensitive ears, tune it out or watch it later. Okay. Um, Christy, what is up with you? Hi, Bobby. Um, I'm Hello. good. <laughs> I had a pretty okay week, but it started out pretty great with my Sunday night. Uh, so we kind of, Oh, do tell me more about what happened Sunday I, night. I rode that high for a few nights. So, you, <laughs> you know, me and my night out and I tend to stay up too late. And I was on TikTok until about one o'clock in the morning. I was just about to shut her down, get to bed like a responsible adult. I was off the next day, so I wasn't being that irresponsible. Um, sure. And I get a notification that Jason Mraz is hosting a TikTok live. And I'm like, okay, well, I'm here. It's serendipitous. I might as well check it out. It was like a private, intimate concert for two hours with my favorite musician, one of my favorite people out there. He said my name he asked where people were from and he saw Colorado and he's like oh I picture you on the top of a mountain covered with snow and I'm like fucking yes that's exactly where I am <laughs> and like we got to see him just like he called it like his intimate bubble and we just got to see him like kind of riff with his guitar a little bit mess up on the piano just make up songs as he went along to like people suggesting stuff it was dare I say magical <laughs> so I only got like four hours of sleep that night but I was off the next day and recouped but <laughs> I just keep thinking about it I'm just it just it made my week as you I'm sure you've heard many of my Jason Mraz stories so I've been awoken by one of your Jason Mraz stories so <laughs> what story might that be um the one where you called me at like, God, what was it? Midnight, Probably but midnight, mm -hmm. midnight ish, um, midnight thirty, um, and um, you were hysterical in your emotion with, oh my god, Bobby, oh my god, and you were you were crying, crying. Um, <clears throat> Oh my God! I just met Jason Mraz. He took he took our picture together. It was it was it was amazing. And it's kind of funny because usually when I hear somebody crying on the other line, I'm like, Oh my God, what happened? But not that night. That night, I knew it was something else. <laughs> it was magical. So I have had so many just like so close encounters with Jason Mraz that in my head we're best friends he doesn't know it yet but eventually if I ever finally get to sit down and talk to him and connect all the dots for him he'll be like holy shit you've been in my life this whole time and I didn't know it and then we'll just get to be um not bestie besties because you and Mike are bestie besties and then like my mom's a bestie bestie um but he would be right there mm. right 
So how about you? Any fantastic stories about TikTok? <laughs> that's Maybe. a no. <laughs> well, considering I don't have the app, yeah, that's a no. I I know. I share some of the good videos with you, though. You do appreciate those. I do. I do. I especially appreciate the thirst traps that you share. Oh, man. There's some good Chris Evans ones this week, too, man. Mm. Uh, what do you I just ran across a picture of him on um, Instagram. He was like rock climbing or something. And I'm like, well, hello there. Mm hmm. So you asked me what I was drinking. So let me share. It is the 19 Crimes Red Blend Cali Red <laughs> Snoop Wine, which is actually delicious. It's, it's delicious. I'm super enjoying it. And one of the other things that I'm super enjoying, Snoop's face on the cork. It's the little yeah, things. Yeah, that's definitely a highlight. Yeah. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Mm -hmm. 19 crimes is actually really good wine anyway so when I saw that Snoop had a 19 crimes wine I was like um yes please and it's delicious what are you drinking um I'm just doing a little uh mountain time premium lager uh new Belgium uh, mm -hmm. you, mm -hmm. your brother you know my husband your brother Mike yes. that guy? yeah um, I think I know him <laughs> he loves trying new beers and he hit this one and I, I like this one too. He keeps getting this one for me. I like it. Smooth. That's sweet of him. All right, Bobby. What are we talking about this week? Books. Mm -mm, books. books. <laughs> We're going to narrow it down a little bit because we are bookies. And so we had to kind of pick out a niche topic for tonight. Mm -hmm, mm -hmm. But I, so, I, it appears that you have questions for me? Yes, we're going to kick off our event tonight with a fun pop quiz for Bobby. Um, for those of you who may not know Bobby, she has an impeccable memory. She kicks my ass all the time in everything. Um, it's kind of sad. I'm, I'm actually an English major. I have a degree and she's still better at books than I am. So it is what it is. But we're going to start I'm off tonight. I'm a nerd and I look up BuzzFeed articles about like books and shit well i do too but i can't retain them like you do okay so this i feel like you're actually putting a lot of pressure <laughs> on me right now okay i didn't go what too if i far. mess up well you're okay. allowed to mess up this is a pop quiz you didn't get a study you didn't even know it was coming That's i fair. picked stuff that i think you can get okay i hope um, you're right but anyway Otherwise, so I'm making a fool of myself so <laughs> Again, obviously tonight we're talking about classic books, um, mm -hmm. the ones we love, the ones we hated, the ones that may be overrated. Mm -hmm. That rhymed, look at you. <laughs> okay, Bobby, are you English ready major. for your first question? Oh, it's not a question. Sorry, I'm going to read you famous first lines of classic books, and I want you to okay. guess the book. Okay. Okay? Okay. <clears throat> It is a truth universally acknowledged that a single man in possession of a good fortune must I'm be prejudice. of a wife. <laughs> <laughs> Let me finish the question. <laughs> Number two, it was a bright cold day in April and the clocks were striking 13. 
That one is hard. Please repeat the question, the, the sentence statement. The line. Mm -hmm. the, huh? it, was, it was a bright, cold day in April and the clocks were striking 13. Um, I was gonna see if anybody was guessing in our Facebook comments. There's a bit of a delay, but hey guys, if you're listening, we've got a few people on. If you're listening, you know the answer, go ahead and feel free to show up, Bobby. <laughs> you won't get mad. She's looking guesses. for any opportunity, <laughs> any opportunity. So chime in. All right. Um, Give up on that one? Hold on. You don't get all night, bro. Why not? Let me look it up. I've got the Google no, open. Uh, no. no, I don't. No, I don't. I'm just kidding. I'm just kidding. I'm going to say Dracula. George Orwell, 1984. Damn it. It's been a long time since I read that book. Okay, you ready for this one? <clears throat> uh-huh. If you really want to hear about it, the first thing you'll probably want to know is where I was born and what my lousy childhood was like and how my parents were occupied and all before they had me and all that David Copperfield kind of crap. But I don't feel like going into it if you want to know the truth. That would be the catcher in the rye. Yeah, because we'll talk about that. <laughs> yeah. yeah, the David, David Copperfield thing is what gave it away. Okay, mm -hmm. next up. Yeah. All this happened, more or less. Mm. It was exactly the same, only vastly different. <laughs> no, no one's guessing. All this again. happened. <clears throat> all this happened, more uh. or less. That's it. We can't have dead air. You got to think of something. <laughs> I'm thinking, can't you hear the wheels? They're spinning. Can't hear it. No. Okay. Um, I am going to say nothing. I don't know. Okay. Slaughterhouse five. Okay. Okay. That makes sense. That makes sense. I read that one quite a few years ago and didn't enjoy it. However, I do still have it on my bookshelf because I may revisit it because it's Kurt Vonnegut, you know? Okay. Yeah. Ready? Mm -hmm. A few more left. Sure. It was a pleasure to burn. Fahrenheit 451. Ding, ding, ding. Um, oh, another short one. Ready? Uh. It was love at first sight. Classic literature. Classic literature. We've read this one. I never would have remembered this is the first line. Catch 22? Mm-hmm. Oh, really? That was a guess, but it's a very good guess because you're right. Ding, 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 ding. Um, wow, I don't remember that as the first line either. I know, right? Um, I Googled so it. I mean... That's what Google said. All my books are in the garage right now because we're getting some work done on the house, so I couldn't actually right. look. Okay, last one. Ready? Uh -huh. In my younger and more vulnerable years, my father gave me some advice that I've been turning over in my mind ever since. Younger, more vulnerable years, turning over ever since. My father gave me some advice. That's kind of the key because the whole first paragraph is more or less about the advice his father gave him. 
And just the fact that I know so much about this book should tell you what it is. The Great Gatsby. Ding, ding, ding. ding. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Bob, I hope that loosened you up a little, get you ready to talk some books tonight. Let's start off. Oh, with I don't like talking about books. Okay. So let me pour some wine. What do you think makes a book a classic? Don't give me like the definitive dictionary answer. What do you, Bobby Potter, think makes a book a classic? Something that resonates, something that. even though it sounds corny and cheesy is kind of immortal. Like, mm-hmm. um, uh, like for example, the Iliad or the Odyssey, like, I mean, that's old school, but it's still taught because, you know, the lessons in it are forever. Like, <laughs> um, so I think it's something that, that sticks and resonates and has, um, meaning to so many people I think is is what it is I mean yeah it has to be older but but I don't think it has to be like 50 years old or Mm -hmm. 100 years old for it to be a classic I mean I think some of them obvious most of them obviously are aged quite a bit but I don't think they have to be I don't think that's I don't think that's key to a classic Mm -hmm. what about you Yeah, no, I think you nailed it. It's just, it's something that has staying power. I think specifically maybe something that speaks to a generation. It seems like a lot of these are generational, um, but because of those timeliness factors that they do still resonate with older generations. But um, Mm -hmm. I had a a really loud thing just beam in my ear. I heard it actually. (laughs) Not an exaggeration. I heard it. Yes. So, I mean, that's what we think. I also told Bobby specifically just to try to narrow it down to decide to keep it separate from just what's a great book that's been around for a while. I also think classics specifically are usually taught in school. They have some kind of lesson, some kind of thing to be taught to somebody, whether it's like a moral lesson or just you're learning maybe about a time um, in our history. Uh, So we did narrow it down to that. So these are classics that are usually taught in school. Um, with both of us in our teaching backgrounds, maybe we've even taught these before. Um, so Bobby, why don't you go ahead with our first, uh, our first grouping. Classics we hate. <clears throat> and I'm more than happy to start this conversation because <laughs> I freaking loathe this book. And this is one of our favorite arguments. <laughs> Wuthering Heights, can't stand it. Can't stand that book. They are just so mean and awful to each other. They're just, it's, yeah. Oh my God, that was a struggle to get through that book. (laughs) And I always always think about um, the proposal with Ryan Reynolds Mm. and Sandra Bullock when she's getting to, uh uh-huh, yeah, that's exactly right. (laughs) Um, But at one point she's like, I read Wuthering Heights every Christmas. And I remember we saw the the movie in the theater together. And I looked at you and I go, why? (laughs) Why? (laughs) Such a waste of time. Um, 
hated that book, hated it with a passion. However, (laughs) I do feel like I need to, I need to, uh, to add in here for someone who may be watching, I would not burn it very much against book burning, even though I hated that book. Mm. Yes. Okay. Um, So one of the reasons I even read Wuthering Heights is because you did hate it so much. And I was curious, Mm -hmm. it's not my favorite, but I remember I, I loved it. But I also think it goes a lot to, those are the kind of relationships I like. I picture the, and we should have researched a little better the names, was it Heath? Heathcliff. Mm-hmm. Heathcliff and um, I like that, that hateful, like tension filled, do they love each other? Do they hate each other? They're gonna both burn trying to figure it out. Like it's Buffy and Spike all over again for me. So I, I find those uh, relationships interesting. It can't be all sunshine and flowers all the time. So uh, it's a little long, a little dated, but I enjoyed Wuthering Heights. I get that it can't be all sunshine and rainbows and all of that. 100% get that. However, they should have at least some modicum of affection for each other. And to me, that never, never came through in that book. It was always just hate, 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 hate. However, I will say this, though, too. Um, I thought of this the other day, and had I had time, I might have watched it. But Tom Hardy is in a version of Wuthering Heights with his now wife. Mm. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. It's a two-parter miniseries on on the BBC. It's a masterpiece. Okay. Mm-hmm. I would 100% watch that dribble just for the Tom Hardy. <laughs> Let's do it. <laughs> um, Beautiful man that he is, yes. So I hate Catcher in the Rye. <laughs> I hate it. <laughs> I Please tell me why. Days- Okay, so I went through a phase where I was like asking everybody, what's your favorite book? And I wanted to read it to try to like understand them better. It was actually my cousin that recommended Catcher in the Rye. And oddly enough, I can almost kind of see why she likes it. I hated it. He's a whining, sniveling, boring person who just complains the entire book. And I just saw no value to it. And I, I think I literally threw that book against the wall at some point. It was painful to read hate it hated it <laughs> so fortunately our books we hate list is pretty short um the classics we enjoy we're going to have to speed it up a little bit because we don't want to keep everybody here for hours on end um we're gonna we what we do we you know beat things with a stick yeah get well, used to it people get a shorter stick uh, so bobby the classics Teddy we, Roosevelt said. the classics we enjoy Um, So tell me a book you enjoy, why you enjoy it, what you think it holds to be taught. Go. Mine, like the classic that I uh, like just come to immediately is To Kill a Mockingbird. Love that book. I've read it several times. Um, Read it in high school and again in college and then again for the heck of it. Um, And I think it was, 
I appreciated it in high school. In fact, the copy that I own is the same kind of copy that we read in high school <laughs> for nostalgia reasons. But um, it's just, I, I, I appreciated it in high school, but the older I get, the more I appreciate it because it's very much a dog so sorry to say about that. <laughs> very sorry. <laughs> um I'm sure that'll be edited out too. No, his equipment's not that good. Go. Um, <laughs> um because it's just it's one of those where you it gives you a lot to think about, right? Like there's the whole race issue. There's the whole judging a book by its cover um, with Boo Radley and, you know, all of those things and um, and just having an appreciation for everyone around you. Good night, what the hell? Um, I have no idea, I'm sorry. But um, that um, that's what comes to my mind. And I just love that book. Love, love, love that book. Go, Christy. Okay. Um, I'm going to go with The Great Gatsby is probably my favorite classic. It's actually one of my favorite books. And it's definitely one that I didn't take in high school very much. Um. But when I got to college, I, I found a lot of value in it. Are we having technical difficulties again? I'm good. You good? Okay. I couldn't hear you. Oh, that's okay. because I muted myself because of the docs. Oh, okay. Thank you. God, yeah. warn me. Okay. Yeah. Sorry, sorry. The Great Gatsby. <laughs> Hold on. Hey, we almost made it through without technical difficulties. I mean, technically we did go through without technical difficulties. Well, you kind of told me you were in a mute. Should I? Okay, anyway. <laughs> um, I, didn't, I did not appreciate The Great Gatsby in high school. I did appreciate it when I got to college. And then I actually taught it my um, semester in student teaching. Mm -hmm. I think the characters are interesting. I think there's some amazing quotes from the book. I love that you could spend hours picking apart. That's a lot like what we do with WandaVision now, picking apart every little thing like, ooh, the green light at the end of the dock and this is green. And then they talk about this and this matches with this. And this line he said over here references this over here, like all of it. It's just, it's, it's fun. Every time I read it, I get something new out of it. And I just think it's an enduring classic. There's some lessons, you know, you learn about, you know, my my big end of semester lesson for the great Gatsby was was Gatsby really that great and the kids these were juniors in high school they loved it I mean they argued about it all the way walking out of the class like was he a great man he pretended to be a great man does that make him one mm -hmm. you know he lied but he also came from nothing and actually had something and he did it all for love and so it's just it's I just love it I've been disappointed by the movies um i think your stance on the leo version like, i don't recall like i liked it mm -hmm. but it was weird because it was baz lerman i never said lerman 
Um, so, I mean, it was a little too weird and it just, it didn't, it didn't hit. And then the other one is the Robert Redford version, which I think is better, but it's kind of boring. So you just need to find like that perfect, like Chris Evans seems to be a great guy. <laughs> yes. How did I know it would I'm going to start that petition. Chris Evans will be the next Jay Gatsby and that will be the perfect movie. We need a woman director, obviously. <laughs> sake what the hell is wrong with these dogs um uh i'm trying to think of her name the woman who did wonder wonder woman like the actress gal gadot no the the director director i don't remember anyway um (laughs) so your your discussion of the great gatsby reminds me of one time I was at a bookstore and I was with a friend of ours and um, we were overhearing these teenagers walking around the bookstore and um, he picks up The Great Gatsby, which for those of you who don't know, and it's fine if you don't, The Great Gatsby is not a big book. It's it's a short book, like what, 150, 200 pages tops? Yeah, I mean, it's, it's like, it's, it's short. It's a little dry. It's short, but it's packed. Chock full of goodness. Yeah. <laughs> and um, this teenager was clearly trying to impress this girl. And he picks up The Great Gatsby and he goes, man, this book. Yeah. I could finish this in like two weeks. <laughs> and I was like, oh, sweetheart. Wow. <laughs> I think you need to try a little harder. <laughs> but um, so that just... I'm like taken back to second and Charles wandering the aisles, looking at this teenager going, wow, dude, (laughs) come up with something better. Um, Pre-COVID when you could actually see people. Right. Yeah. Without masks. Yeah. Um, Yeah. And to me, like to kill a mockingbird, just, I just love that book. Like it's, it's, it is timeless. It is classic because it, you know, a hundred years down the line, I'm sure that there will still be lessons to teach because mm-hmm. newsflash for anybody who needs to hear this, racism is not in fact dead. It is alive and well. Just saying. Just saying. Um, so, yeah. And I, 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 I remembered liking The Great Gatsby. I was, it wasn't one that I was like necessarily drawn to, but um, the Great Gatsby was decent. I liked it. And that's how I feel about To Kill a Mockingbird. Like, I remember like liking it. And I think, again, as like from that teacher brain, I think it's a really good book to teach. There's mm-hmm. a lot of really easy concepts to grasp. And then you can also do the more elevated, mm-hmm. racially motivated conversations. But so, I mean, I liked it. I just, it didn't stick with me like it stuck with you. And, and, and I think that that's partially because of my historical background as a history teacher, like the civil rights movement is one of those eras that I just find fascinating and I want to read about. And while this didn't take necessarily take place in the civil rights era, it was certainly was written in that era. And um, it's just, it's just fascinating to me. And no, I have not read the Watchmen book. (laughs) I wasn't, we don't have time for that today. What's another classic? that you enjoy um 
Oh, that's a good question. Um, I think for Fahrenheit 451 is definitely on the list. Catch 22 is definitely on the list. Yep. Yep. Um, we read, read 22 together. We did. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> Thank and God. we stayed. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I don't know if I would have finished it if I didn't have you there I know. With me holding my hand. <laughs> like we have, we're educated women with college degrees. Bobby has a, you have a, History like degree. a, I know, but you're um, like licensure. You got English somewhere as a secondary. Yeah, yeah and yeah. we struggled to read Catch Twenty Two, and it was worth it in the end. But that mm -hmm. book is fucking confusing if you don't have somebody to talk it out with. Yeah, it's, and I, and I remember around. it does, and it's like because it's one of those that mixes satire with not satire like it just so figuring out like where that line is was difficult sometimes because yeah. mm -hmm. he walked right up to that line many times and um I remember you and I we stuck pretty close together like it wasn't like okay we'll read a chapter and then we'll discuss it was nothing like that but um we stuck pretty close together in in our readings of it. And I remember a couple of times we were like, what just happened? <laughs> like, was, that, then, was that real time? No, 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 no. That happened before the war started. Mm -hmm, okay. But mm -hmm. who's this guy? And you're like, oh, I have no idea who that is. And then that thing with the <laughs> propeller. Oh. I remember that was brutal. Do that I was remember the part? Yes. I remember the part. Brutal. The part with the propeller. Oh, oh my God. And I was just like, I remember reading it going, because like you're kind of like, like it's a little funny, a little satirical, and then suddenly there's this fight. <laughs> it's awful. Anyway, um, yes, Fahrenheit but, 451. I'm going to agree with you as well. Um, a lot of people keep comparing our current political climate to 1984, and I mean I get that to a degree. I didn't enjoy 1984 like I did Fahrenheit 451, but I think Fahrenheit 451 more accurately re represents what's actually happening right now and that's easy to say because I've read it so recently um, it was just mm -hmm. since COVID and you know in the book if you haven't read it listeners um, basically they they burn books because they're sick of smart people like they don't they mm -hmm. don't want people knowing shit anymore they want you to sit in this tv box and just zone out and do your little TV family. And like, that's supposed to be your life. You're not supposed to question things. You're not supposed to ask questions or. Mm -hmm. So the main character kind of discovers what a book is and reads a book and realizes like we're being lied to and he runs away. And like, it's all these smart people are hiding out and trying to, you know, get away with their lives. And I'm like, I'm reading this at the same time. People are like not listening to scientists about covid or masks or vaccines and it's like oh my god like we're literally living fahrenheit 451 like this is prequel to fahrenheit 451 am i being too dramatic <laughs> i wouldn't say you're being too dramatic um excuse me i think it's more of a a combination of the two um because yes there is that element of, of uh keeping the smart people quiet or 
dumbing down the population. I mean, think about it. Like that's one of the reasons why history is, is cut so much in curriculums and why there are um, certain textbooks that you have to use because those are trimmed to a certain agenda. And, um, you know, I, I can't tell you how many history classes have been dropped in, in high school, middle school, um, because they don't want you to remember the history. They want you to think that everything was lovely and that there was never any issues and, oh, it's fine, which... It's Look at this beautiful first Thanksgiving. Everybody's so happy and healthy. And so happy. Together. And those slaves, <laughs> boy, they sure appreciated their owners. Yes, they were good people. Uh, um, okay. <laughs> so, so there is that element for sure that they want to keep. Um, they want to keep things the way they want it. Right. But then there's also the aspect of governmental control is in 1984. Mm-hmm. So I can see them merging because um, in 1984, there's that line. And I can't think of what it is right now, but um, it was like, you know, the last lie was uh, not believing what you see and what you hear or mm-hmm. something like something to that effect. And just a couple of years ago, Trump said, <laughs> something almost exactly like that. Like what you're seeing in the news and what you're hearing in the news is not actually what's happening. So um, those two, those two books, I think have merged pretty well. Um, I don't think you're exaggerating and that one is more important than the other, but I think that, um, that they definitely go hand in hand, I would say. And Granted, it's been years since I've read both of them. I think I read both of them around the same time. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, I don't I don't think one has more over the other, but I think they they both have a dueling kind of relationship with present day. Yeah. Yeah. Oh. And the fact that Trump said that I can never get away with like it just blows my mind. And people are like, oh yeah, okay. <laughs> don't don't listen to it. Everybody else, I'm the only one telling you the truth. Fox News is telling the truth. Until don't listen to that started, liberal media. Until Fox News started telling the truth and then they were liars too. <laughs> and now it's like Newsmax and fucking OAN, OAN, which go the fuck away, please. <laughs> Nobody wants you here. We're... I'm sorry, that was a tangent. <laughs> um, please, please continue, Christy. Um, just a couple more I had on my list and then we'll move on. Um, I think Lord of the Flies is dark and I, I loved it that, and I could see, I mean, we almost, okay. (laughs) If you're not familiar with Lord of the Flies, (laughs) it's about a group of boys get trapped on an island because of a boat sink or something. And they start out like with like, okay, well, let's have one person in charge and their little groups. And then they kind of break off into two factions and it's so quickly like escalates into apart. chaos. <laughs> Murder, like naked, like the Simpsons did a fantastic episode based off Lord of the Flies and it is just Simpsons perfection. But I, I just, how quickly these good little British boys could just chaos and murder and like, 
anyway i love the, the rise of trump i thought it was great um and then oh wait no wait wait hold oh, on okay, hold on okay. i have to i have to add, jump in um for those of you who have watched the umbrella academy especially season two <gasps> yes. there's there's a, a scene with all of the siblings and luther has the conch shell and he's like talking and like da 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 da, da. and um the one of the younger siblings was it number two or was it um I forget. Klaus, maybe? Number five. Uh, okay. Um, uh, he was like, you don't get the conch shell anymore. And he took it away. That's like, <laughs> that's a reference to Lord of the Flies because he who had the conch shell had the the most the power, power to, the power to speak and, you know, all of that stuff. So I just thought it was funny. Uh, a nice and it's gotta be literary one of reference. It's got to be one of the most referenced classics in pop culture i would say too like the simpsons is only the tip of the iceberg and obviously i forgot about that scene in umbrella academy mm -hmm. um before i do my last one any other ones you particularly enjoy um i can tell you another one that i didn't enjoy um, <laughs> I, i'm not i'm not don't worry watch it um, I'm going to have to go with a Steinbeck and, um, of Mice and Men. I read East mm. of Eden, which is, which is a great book. It's a freaking tome and it, it, it took a lot to finish that book, but East of, East of Eden is great, but of Mice and Men, that is another one that just sticks with me. There's so many lessons to be taught in that one. Um, and because of the era that it was written, it was heavy, heavy, heavy with the R word, which we don't mm. like or do. Like it's it's very bad, bad word. But I like that. I like the the story behind it, and I like the the lessons that it teaches. So um, I gotta go with the Steinbeck because he's he's the classic. He's 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 a solid classic American writer that one he's a heavy hitter <laughs> that he is um, yes my my last one would be the call of the wild which blew me away I can't wait to read it to um Cameron especially well Reese is probably my little call of the wild child <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. But it's just one of the ones like call of the wild to me was just so beautifully written like it's you know about nature and darkness and finding your strength and like it starts out so sad and then it ends up on like a I mean it's not a happy book <laughs> but I mean this dog starts out pampered and is stolen and fights for his life and then escapes into the wild and becomes like this force of nature and it's just it's fantastic and then not to mention one of my favorite Bob Sperker's episodes I was just doing the Tina, or actually it was Lynn, the call of the wild. <laughs> and then Tina's like, ah, gosh, I don't want to do this anymore. And so, ah, and the teacher's like, yes, Tina, well done. <laughs> if you enjoy classic literature, you've got to watch Bob's Burgers and The Simpsons. That's an episode for uh, a future Potter Girls podcast. It definitely um, is. It's on the list for sure. So we struggled a little bit, I'm going to say, with our overrated classics. 
because while we may not like a book, we can still find some value in it. But I think there's just a couple books that I, I have lost their value to me. Do you have a, any that you think are just like, shouldn't be considered a classic anymore? Maybe just you never really saw the purpose in it being a classic. What you got? As I Lay Dying. Uh, William Faulkner. William Faulkner. Yeah, that was one book that I didn't even want to remember who the author was because the book was so flippin' <laughs> terrible. I read it in college and, um, you know, the professor was really trying to be like, okay, so this, there's this nuance here and there's this and da, 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 da. And he goes, you know, I mean, the whole class hated this book. I mean, not one person liked it. Right. And he came, he was like, you know, I, I, I think that, you know, maybe a few years down the line, you should try to read this <laughs> book again. And everybody went, nope, nope. Uh, uh-uh, it's not happening. <laughs> nope. Not happening. I, hated that book and the it just it just it there's one scene that like just sticks with me and I just can't I can't shed that it's just it's just ingrained in my brain and I just I'm like no 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 why are you doing that and then I was gone have you read have you read that one no I actually had a friend recommend it and I own it but I haven't read it yet I would be curious to to know what you think I'd probably love it based on on our Wuthering Heights discussion, probably, but, um, but you should read it just so that I can be like, was it just me? Because that one's not huge either, right? Like that one's, oh, I'm thinking Leaves of Grass. Not as I lay dying. I'm thinking of a different book. I don't know. Um, as I lay dying, that's, not a smaller book it's definitely bigger than the great gatsby i can't i'm digging deep for that memory to think of how big it was and to be honest it was in one of those volumes those um oh like the english literature (laughs) yeah it was in one of those one of those bad boys (laughs) yeah (laughs) so So i don't know how how big the actual book is but (laughs) I i don't know so one of my Awful. favorite stories, one of my favorite stories about a classic literature is I wish I could tell you if A Tale of Two Cities has value or not, but my ninth grade English class at Middle Park High School literally talked our teacher out of teaching that book. How? <laughs> we all decided together, and he was a fairly new teacher. We weren't very nice to him. We <laughs> I, I doubt he taught for long, but we collectively as a group, like the, we were supposed to read the night before we all came in and said, yeah, we're not doing this. And he's like, what, what? We're like, yeah, none of us read it. We don't want to read it. No. And he's like, oh, okay. And we moved on. Wow. So- <laughs> that is some, wow. Yeah. Wow. So, at least we weren't teachers like that. No, no, I actually, no, I, that's a story for another time. I remember blowing one of my kids' minds, like with history lessons. And he was like, how do you know that? Cool. <laughs> I studied <laughs> and I learned things, but see, that comes back to the whole thing of um, like freaking Neil deGrasse Tyson. I read his book, the, the little one, the short one, because that's all I can handle. My brain is, and I, I was listening to it on Audible and I just remember thinking, how do they know that? That the universe is expanding and that this and that, and it just, it just, 
like that's math beyond my even imagination like I don't it, it's it's it blows my mind I, I know I've I've told our I would like to have Dave. a beer with Neil deGrasse, Neil deGrasse Tyson and just mm-hmm. talk about it I've I've told Dave our producer Dave Hawkins yeah I yeah. don't get it I don't I cannot grasp it it's like trying to hold on to water uh-huh. it's just yeah. I Yeah. So the reason why I want to have a beer with Neil deGrasse Tyson is because I want (laughs) him drunk enough to explain it to me. (laughs) Because if (laughs) if he's drunk enough to explain it to somebody like me and bring it down from here to here... I would very much appreciate it. I still wouldn't get it. I don't, it's just, I don't get it. Um, It was a fascinating book, but I don't way beyond me. It's okay. Like I said, we can hate a book that still find value in it. I'm sorry. The Catcher in the Rye has no value. Not only is it a terrible book with a terrible main character. What is the point of the book? Why? Why is that a classic? Somebody tell me why. So I read it and I, I didn't hate it. I didn't, I wouldn't call it a favorite by any stretch. Um, but I feel like that was kind of indicative of the times in that it was post-World War II, pre, you know, liberation of the 60s and hippie and free love and all of that, where people were trying to grasp where the world was mm. and betsy says it's a coming of age tale there's just other books that did it better i'm sorry <laughs> while i agree with that there are other books that do do the coming of age thing better i i don't know i i just i always come back to indicative of the time whether that's to accurate or people i don't know but i, I all right, well, my butt's starting to hurt, so we're gonna we're gonna close up shop here, B. Any last things you want to say about classic books? Poor Reezy, what's wrong with Reezy? Come here, baby. It's okay. Is it time to eat dinner? Yeah. Yeah. But eating the dog. Hey, Reezy, what's wrong? Reezy. What? Poor kid, something was wrong. All right, see, the universe is trying to tell us it's crazy. Oh, I just want to hug him. He's, la- he's laughing now, it's fine. <laughs> okay, good. Okay, good. dad is tickling him, he's giving him the tickles. Okay, good. so, um, we have a lot of great comments, we are not going to get to them all. Um, people loved. Like Gone with the Wind is a big one, guys. I still haven't read that. I know Aunt Betsy gives me shit all the time. I will read it, I promise. That's um, a tome. Frankenstein, I watched the movie. Frankenstein, I started <clears throat> reading and it's like Dracula. Like Dracula was good at the beginning and the end, but the middle, man, they were not in any hurry to get anything done. Well, <clears throat> I actually listened to that on Audible or I borrowed it from my library for Audible. I'm sorry. The wine went down the wrong pipe, so I've got some tears. <clears throat> but it's not book related, I promise. I know. Um, I know. Um, 
so uh I would recommend listening to it because I got so much more out of it listening to it than I would have reading it. it I was, started who I even it was put, like, it's being read by somebody I really love and I still can't get through it. I have to remember I started Frankenstein somebody reading it. But we have to give credit to Mary Shelley for starting the, the horror, horror genre horror sci-fi genre. Yes. Mm-hmm. Way to um, go. Woman power. Yes. Lots of good ones here. Oh. Uh-oh. Uh, someone mentioned Black Like Me. I have read that book. I kind of consider Black Like Me and like Nickel and Dime kind of their own like experimental, like what you go through and here's how to teach people about it. Mm-hmm. Um, yeah. <clears throat> anyway, so yes, guys, thanks for commenting. We um, we all might just have to do another book episode. I didn't expect it to... I mean, I should have known better. We chicken walk all the time. So all the time. <laughs> I want to chime in here. I've listened to your show. I love your show. Great job. Um, oh, do we have a first time caller? First time caller. Long time. <laughs> what is your name? First time so, caller. David okay. Hawk. Okay, David Hawk. What can we do for you? So great job with the. Uh, Shout me out because in my science knowledge and Neil deGrasse Tyson. If you guys need anything, just let me know. Uh, Neil Gaiman. If you guys have, if you guys don't read Neil Gaiman, those are one of those ones like it's very polarizing. But he is a fantastic writer. I've um, read several of his. I like him. Got a lot. The, yeah, he has great stuff. Yeah. Neverwhere one is an incredible book. So if you guys have not read Neverwhere, we have. And together, your listeners actually. need to read it. Mm-hmm. Oh. <laughs> um, but just now, um, mm-hmm. I just started the uh, Sandman. So he oh. wrote this amazing uh, comic book series for DC Comics called The Sandman. And Audible turned it into like a radio play. And it is mind-bendingly good. Um, and I'm listening to that now. It's uh, James McAvoy plays Morpheus. I mean, they have all sorts of talent. It is unbelievable. Um, so I'm going to get a shout out to any all your listeners. You got to listen to that. Nice. So Yeah. Great show. I'm going to go away now. I said my two pieces. <laughs> well, we're just going to hit up some of our plugs, Dave, if um, you're still listening. So hang tight because we're almost done. Uh, <laughs> um, Bobby and I are going to keep this a bi-weekly podcast unless we get some high demand for a weekly. I mean, we could fit it into our schedules if people wanted to hear us. Just going to say that. Um, our next episode right now, though, is going to be Thursday, March 4th at 7 p.m. sharp. Um, what? I no? said sharp. Don't be okay. late. <laughs> um, also, would like you to join the Mile High podcast this Friday. That's tomorrow at 8 p.m. We have Chef David Bondercheck on. We're there, uh, they're going to be talking about LGBT represent- representation of pop culture. Like I made it through one beer and suddenly I'm all tongue-tied. That's my second um, class. The paper book just came out of Dave's <laughs> book. Dave, I'm so excited. I can't wait for my signed copy. It's coming um, of my mom and dad's house. I got 30 copies for all of you guys. Uh, and I, uh, I got to say something. I'm so sorry to break into your show, but I'm, I have a little tangent. So when I, I wrote this acknowledgement at the end of the book, because you guys came to my book release party, um, and I, I wrote this really nice acknowledgement at the end and it's in every book and there's a picture of us holding the books. Mm-hmm. And so I, it's really cool. Um, I misspelled your name, Bobby and Christy caught it. <laughs> wait, wait, 
No, Did I, you do it with well, an I or a Y? It's no, just an I. I didn't put I E. I just B O B B I. That's probably um, why. Okay. Well, Christy caught it when I first put it out, and I edited it, and somehow it's still wrong. So it is forever immortalized. So <laughs> you gotta just change your name so it matches my book because that's more important. So it's just B O B B I from now. But you're right. getting a signed copy. I have a signed copy coming to both of you guys. You guys are <laughs> such big supporters. Oh, good. Well, thank you, Dave. Uh, I appreciate it. As, as mentioned previously, I can't remember shit. Caldera or Caldera? It's Caldera. Caldera. It's a, yeah, Caldera. it's a type of volcano. Caldera. Yeah, it's a volcano. It's kind of like a bowl. Caldera. I have to try to remember that, Dave. Call, call Dave. Caldera. Yeah, so grab Dave's book on Amazon. <laughs> Caldera. Call Dave and tell him how great his book hey. Caldera is. <laughs> I like reviews um, on Amazon. Go, go to Trekkie Pacific. That's T-R-U-C-K-E-E Pacific like the ocean.com. They've got lots of great things going on. We're only just a small portion of the great <clears throat> stuff they're doing over there. Um, hit up Venmo, guys. We need money. We're not Bobby and I are not gonna do this full time unless we hit it rich. <laughs> Dave wants to turn this into his gig. He's been yeah. a great producer for us. Let's yeah. get him there. Send some money over to Venmo. That's 303 Truckee Pacific, yes? No, it is Truckee no. Pacific. At Truckee Pacific 303. Don't listen to what she said. At Truckee Pacific 303. That's our Venmo. Yeah. I don't want to shout out to my Aunt Bonnie and my parents because they're our biggest sponsors for Truckee Pacific. So thank you guys so much. Of course, Christy and Pot. Christy did too, but now you're officially a part of Truckee mm. Pacific. So um, you're basically you're sponsoring yourself. your own show. Yeah. <laughs> Um, and then you can hit up the Potter Girls podcast at gmail.com. Um, tell us your thoughts on some classics, maybe some topics you'd like to hear us go on and on and on about. Um, and then finally, we have the Potter Girls podcast on Facebook. Um, hit us up there too. We got lots of cute pictures. Because we're cute. <laughs> we're cute. We're cute. <laughs> Bobby, I sure enjoy hanging out with you. Thanks for being here. I love you. I love you. Dave, that's the end of our show. <laughs> Have a good night. Be good to each other. Be good to yourselves. And fuck Ted Cruz. This has been a Truckee Pacific production. For sponsorship inquiries and comments, go to the Mile High Podcast at gmail.com.